Today on Behind the Madness, I talked to the little gin company about why they changed their business model to adapt to this new virtual world. Hello, I'm James, owner and founder of Method, and today I'm joined by one of our amazing clients, Nicola and Emma from the Little Gin and Rum Company. Hi, both. Hello. Hi, James. Thanks How for are we us. all? It's all right. It's all right. Thanks. Good. It's good to have you both. Um, let's start off with a little bit about uh, you guys, a little bit about your company. Let's fill us in just so everybody listening kind of knows what you guys do. So we are a fully mobile gin and rum business based in Stratford-upon-Avon. Don't have a fixed premises. We um, started the business six years ago just simply because we love drinking gin and rum. Um, bit of a theme. And we purchased a horse trailer, converted it into a bar. And then when the world is a little bit more normal, we're out and about doing events. So we're weddings, parties, corporate functions, festivals, anywhere where people need to drink gin, which is a lot of places nowadays. And then we come out of the horse trailer to do um, tasting experiences, just often within touching distance in a face-to-face -face environment. So we do gin tastings, rum tastings, and cocktail experiences. Amazing. And this is why we're doing it on a Saturday night. Because <laughs> when we're talking alcohol, it's always better to have it on a Saturday night. So we've got the Sunday. So um, obviously... The subject today is, is around businesses and changing their, their models to adapt with kind of this new virtual world that we're all kind of living in. Um, and this is something that you guys have had to do this year. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how that kind of change has happened and what you've had to do? Absolutely. So as Nicola touched on, kind of the whole core of our business was um, revolved around kind of events um, and hosting things and being in close proximity to people, which as of March this year became extremely restricted. So um, as like a lot of people, I think we had a, a little short window of pure panic, like, uh oh, what are we going to do? Our whole events calendar has been completely wiped out. Um, but we quickly thought, we could, surely we can do something. If there's one thing we know about this country is that people are going to need to carry on drinking. Um, so um, we <laughs> quickly adapted our tastings into a virtual capacity. So as of April this year, we've been running lots of virtual gin tastings, virtual rum tastings and virtual cocktail making sessions so um kind of hosting all different groups of people be that corporate groups um like teams from work in place of networking events family groups friends missed celebrations kind of any occasion where people wanted to get together where they were therefore now unable to do it face to face we've kind of been hosting them doing tastings virtually amazing and i think that's where obviously businesses now have got to got to look at doing these shifts um as i mentioned to you to you both earlier a lot of people are considering whether they should do it, whether they shouldn't do it, waiting for things to kind of change within their business. But um, obviously, as we kind of discussed earlier, just just off the recording, um, things things like this are going to help in the future anyway. You know, these businesses that do make this switch to doing these virtual things, there's no reason why they can't carry on anyway. So you're not going to be losing anything by, by trialing this. Now, what we thought, hence being a Saturday night, is we should try a live even though we're recorded <laughs> just in case i get too drunk um a little bit of a taste of session so people can kind of get to grips with what it is how it kind of works so what do i you both kindly sent me a package which arrived a couple of days ago i was very excited got it opened straight away um and tell everybody what i've got in front of me so what am i looking at 
So if you are a participant in one of our virtual tasting experiences, we will send you a gin or rum or cocktail kit in the post, which has been a highlight of people's year. I can assure you to receive a little joyous parcel of gin. Um, so in there, are, so in your, your, you've got a gin tasting experience in front of you. You get four double measures of gin. And in, in this instance, it's our, our own lovely range of gin. So we have our um, own range of gin called Trailer Made in honour of our horse trailer gin bar for very different styles and flavours. So it gives you a really good idea of the, the styles um, and tastes available in the gin industry. And then we've paired them with four different Folkington's mixers, which is a lovely range of tonics from East Sussex. Um, lots of people haven't heard of those guys before, so it's a really nice experience to try mixers and gins that you haven't tried before. Amazing. So, yeah, so um, we host a private group session for um, your team, so you book a time and a date to see you guys. You'd all join us on Zoom or a video conferencing platform of your choice. You open your kits, and we basically spend an hour getting you drunk and having a really <laughs> lovely time. Doesn't even um, feel like work for us, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, shall I? Should we get going with with that first? Let's. Um, what What should I open? Because I'm obviously keen to get something down me, and then we mm-hmm. can continue kind of doing, yeah. doing a bit of podcast. Well, don't worry, James. We get the message. You're keen to be drinking. I'm keen it's to get Saturday some Saturday evening. And yeah. you need to start drinking some gin. <laughs> so we would typically kick the tasting off um, with our Trailer Made London Dry Gin. So you should have a little okay. bottle that says London Dry Gin on it. Um, and we start the tasting there because kind of this is our most classic traditional style gin. So London Dry is a style of gin. Um, they tend to be quite traditional juniper forward, um, nice dry gin, easy drinking G&T. Um, and that was the first gin that we created as part of our trailer made gin range so hence why we kick that off kick the tastings off with that one so what we would do in a tasting setting is ask you to open up the gin and pour some out into your glass we do always convey to people that it's not actually compulsory to drink four doubles in the hour but we do say feel free and to be honest a lot of people take that challenge on and do try and give it a go um, so yeah pour some, pour some gin however much you need depending on how your day has been into your glass um And uh, yeah, at this point, you're going to have just gin in your glass and you're going to give it a little swirl around, get the aromas going, um, have a little smell. Um, We always say don't stick your nose too far into the glass and eat gin because you do just get a lot of kind of alcohol fumes at that point. So just give it a nice little, yeah, as you just tested, yeah, which I always end up telling people just after they've done that as well. (laughs) So yeah, have a smell. Um, And then we'll ask people to have a very little sip of the gin neat because it's not something that people tend to do in terms of drinking their gin neat but uh how is Ooh. that little sip neat nice and warming there for yeah, you yeah nice nice <laughs> excellent so we started you off with a 42 percent gin so nice kind of strong gin strength gin so all gin should be 37 and a half percent or stronger to be classed as a gin so that one's just got a little bit more of oomph to it um and yeah we always say to have a little taste neat because interestingly some people i think in the tastings are quite surprised they do enjoy some of the flavors coming through in a neat gin because we so often just have it as like a full drink with lots of mixer in there um so yeah did you get any particular flavors coming through as you've tasted that one um as you said it was interesting saying warm i don't think i've ever had neat gin i think mm-hmm. i'm always i think i always uh, probably ruin it by just throwing a load of other stuff in um mm-hmm. and uh probably mainly just because it lasts longer um <laughs> <laughs> um it was Ginny. kind of 
Very ginny. Very, very ginny. Very ginny. Do, do you know what that key? So the very key flavour in gin that you have to have in gin in order for it to be classed as a gin is juniper berries. So that's your key ingredient in a gin. Um, so you definitely kind of get that through in a London dry because it'll tend to be quite juniper forward. Um, you might be able to taste a little bit of the citrus in there. So there's some lemon peel and orange peel in the base botanicals. So we describe it as a fairly citrusy gin. Um, and then we always um, tend to pull out for people that they may be able to get a little bit of the licorice root powder coming through, which is in there. Um, and that's using quite a lot of gins to give a bit of warmth and sweetness to it. Yeah, now you've said that and then having another sip, you can kind of pull all of those in and taste all of those kind of coming through. Yeah, which is really, really interesting. That's cool. Good. And then at this point, if you'd like to not continue to just just be sipping on neat gin, you could then try a little bit of the paired mixer. So for this one, um, we would recommend a little drop of the Folkington's Earl Grey tonic. I love an Earl Grey anyway. Yeah, People who know me love an Earl Grey. (laughs) <laughs> so you can always have a little sip of the tonic on its own as well see what you think of that and then um we'd always say not to put too much tonic in with your gin to start with so that it's more like a 50 50 ratio and then you can see how the how the tonic pairs with the gin right let's drop that in try that mm-hmm. oh yeah the two really work together Hmm. So it's not exactly like sipping on a cup of Earl Grey tea, is it? It's quite no. subtle in the flavours in that tonic, but um, they've got some black tea notes, a little bit of bergamot, so it pairs nicely with the citrus of the gin it's well, itself and it's just, just a slight twist on a classic G&T, really. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Here we go, it's getting warmed up now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to add more mixer now if you want. Yeah, you I have, have yeah. to continue to drink it at 50-50. <laughs> I did just add a little bit more just to make it through the podcast. We've only just started mm-hmm. and I'm already starting to giggle. Um, right. While I'm, while I go through that one and finish off that one, um, which won't take too long. Um, why don't you, what kind of brought you to the conclusion? Obviously COVID made a, you know, uh, a really big statement uh, around March. And I guess that was the catalyst, but, had you been thinking about doing something like this previously, but what what really made you make the change? Why did you really adapt? I don't think we'd ever considered a virtual offering, Emma. Do you agree? No, not But I think the idea was inspired by the fact that everyone was jumping on Zoom or house party, was it, at the time, or just finding a way to meet virtually. And we thought, there's got to be a way to evolve our offering to maximise these new channels that people are learning to use. And and to be honest, as a limited company, we didn't really have a choice. There wasn't any government support. We're we're directors of a limited company. Um, We could furlough ourselves, but for minimum support financially again, and it just seemed quite pointless. So um, we actually had a a 30-minute free call with a business coach, and he kind of really changed our mindset. And um, that was a bit of a game changer for us, wasn't it, Emma, I think, Mm -hmm. because... It was like, you can quit at this point um, and you don't know how long it's going to last for, or you can just try and change and adapt and you're small, you can be agile as a business. Um, if you just give something 100% and it doesn't work, at least you've tried. But if you just quit, or like a lot of businesses potentially just think, oh, there's nothing we can do, so we'll just try and wait it out. I mean, we're how many months down the line? It's like the end of 2020 now. We, we just, I don't know what we'd have done. We have no choice so we just threw ourselves into it and actually it paid off for us. It wasn't, it was a slow burn to start with, wasn't it, Emma? It was a, 
we suddenly got a few bookings and we were like, okay, people are interested in the idea of drinking gin and meeting up and networking or socializing. This could work. And then every month it's just got stronger and stronger and stronger. And now Christmas party season is on us and we're flying. So we're grateful that we started so early. Mm -hmm. It gave you that kind of experience. You know what you're doing. How hard was it to kind of adapt into that um, and doing it visually? Obviously, you guys, you know, the gin, the alcohol, having everything kind of around that is very, uh, yeah, um, is very, I'm struggling already. I've only had one. (laughs) Is that community kind of feel, you know, everybody's Mm -hmm. together, everybody's socializing. And then all of a sudden now everybody's been removed from that environment into this digital means. And Mm -hmm. was that hard for you guys to then get the same vibe across to kind of get that same enthusiasm from you guys over the, over the kind of the zoom or the, or the digital way of doing it? Yeah, I, de- I think it's definitely a completely different way of doing the events. And obviously it's been a new way of working for everybody, hasn't it? So we would maybe come on to one of these Zoom calls and it would be a whole team of people from work who are used to all being sat together in the same office. They could have just gone to the pub and socialised and instead they're all sat in their own home separately. So definitely is a lot of um, pressure actually on us as the host to kind of pull that all together like we're the linchpin kind of making this sociable and um, fun and engaging and obviously we would have always done that face to face but it just a very different kind of context to it in a virtual setting so um, yeah it's, it's been it was it was a bit of a challenge I think to kind of um, adapt to that and just think we've really got to bring the energy and the enthusiasm and um, kind of hot pull it together for people because like you say you're very aware of everybody sat in their own homes by themselves but actually they've come together and I think by nature of having an experience to work through you've all got the same kit in front of you you're all trying them at the same time that like brings everyone together and as you finding invariably after one or two gins it is actually a great vibe and everyone's even the quieter groups start off fairly quiet but after after a bit of gin everyone's having a really good time so yeah it's not it's not the most difficult thing in the world to kind of get people to have fun whilst drinking gin to be honest but alcohol's the alcohol's the answer that's what we're saying (laughs) drink more basically Yeah. Yeah. yeah but we're conscious that we've been booked um especially because we do do a lot of um kind of corporate work we've been booked to be a real contrast from those zoom work meetings and the that way of working and, and, you, and you're quite aware that probably people have got a little bit of zoom fatigue because that's how they've been doing work all day long so this has got to be a real contrast to that and it's it is all about just having a nice time and facilitating people having a good time really good right that one's gone down um <laughs> Should we, should we jump on to the next and then do some more more questions? Yeah. Cool. Well, are you um are you a traditional gin drinker? Do you normally like a dry gin or do you prefer a flavored gin? I usually go for um like a rhubarb gin, something okay. along those lines. So let's um, skip skip to the fourth gin in the lineup, which is our rhubarb with a twist of lime. This might be yes. perfect for you. Yes. <laughs> so um. It's very much a gin strength gin. I think with some flavoured gins, they start to become more liqueur territory. So a lower ABV and then higher sugar levels, which makes them extremely easy to drink neat, um, much sweeter. But this is still 40%, James, so watch yourself. Packs a bit of punch. Um, We're really keen to harness an authentic rhubarb flavour within this gin because quite a few of the options on the market 
So as a bar, we support all different distilleries as well. We do have our own range of gin, but we do use other gins as well. Some rhubarb gins we love and some we actually find just really syrupy sweet. And rhubarb's quite an acquired taste for some people, isn't it? It's, it's mm. quite a unique flavour. It's extremely tart. Um, so yeah, very, very keen to harness that within the gin. And the, and the lime, so the base gin is really heavy on lime peel. And that just helps to create a real zesty, zingy element, which helps to cut through the sweetness that you naturally get from having a flavoured gin. Yeah, you can really, really taste the, the rhubarb coming through. But as you said, it's not it's not that syrupy, you, you, as you said, you can get. Um, it seems it, it's kind of, it's really sweet uh but not yeah not syrupy i think that's a great yes, great yeah. way of doing it yeah yeah exactly that and then so we've paired this one with the um perfectly light tonic water Ooh. so some people love their rhubarb with the ginger ale which we do include in the kits as well but um for that, us personal preference is the tonic that's what i would traditionally have would be the yeah, ginger ale with ginger, the rhubarb yeah. yeah yeah right let's try this uh Perfectly light tonic. So perfectly light just means that it's got half the amount of sugar in it compared to a normal Indian tonic water. So whereas your slimline variations, something like a Schweppes slimline, they take out all the sugar, replace that with artificial sweeteners. This perfectly light just halves the amount of sugar in the recipe, which we prefer. Um, oh, see, that's bit, nice. Yeah. And actually just even <laughs> just adding a drop of tonic just really opens up the aroma of the, the gin. That rhubarb is intensified. And it, this is just a super refreshing drink. I used to hate tonic. And then mm. somebody said it's because of the tonic you're buying. Um, and then mm. I tried some better tonics and realized, <laughs> yeah, I don't hate tonic. It's, it was purely just the the kind of the traditional ones that are always in the back of your cupboard that yeah. you, t- you tend to pull out that were awful. Um, yeah. Whereas, yeah, somebody bought me some nice, nice tonics. I tried to try some nice tonics and it really does make a, really does make a difference. But that's nice. That's my... This is my kind of safe place. This is my happy place right now. <laughs> Warm and fuzzy now. Yeah, yeah. Perfect for a Saturday. Right. Um, I better ask some questions so I can go and enjoy my um, my rhubarb gin. Um, Taster sessions, you've kind of been over a little bit. That They're not only with the corporate um, market. You could do some personal events, I guess, pretty much anything where people are coming together. Um, it can bring that whole new dynamic. Where are you seeing... Um, are you seeing more now these corporate um, kind of events coming up because of the the nature of the Zoom and how it's working and they need that coming together now more more and more um, or is it still pretty balanced? Well, I think it's kind of been um, like an evolving um, line of ratio really. So at the very beginning when everyone was in lockdown, it was a real kind of even split, like you say, kind of any reason why people needed to connect and get together because they couldn't do it at all in person. So we did a lot of like uh, family groups, like in place of Hindus, work parties, all, all sorts of occasions. And then as restrictions eased slightly, I think family and friends were able to kind of um, mix in, in person a little more, go for walks, whatever they could do. Um, have a picnic when it was summer, that kind of thing. So then it did become a little bit more kind of um, corporate heavy again. Um, and then we've kind of seen, again, second wave of lockdown, a nice real mix again. So, um, but I would say predominantly um, we're going to be busy now up until Christmas with a lot of work parties. So where, where they're just too, there's too many people. There's no other way to kind of 
um, connect or kind of celebrate the work that they've done and kind of have a little bit of a Christmas get together. And I think a lot of companies are very aware they definitely want to do something. They need to still mark like that kind of where they would have been a big Christmas celebration. Um, and it's not quite the same. Of course it's not, but it's at least a nice way to get together and kind of say thank you to their employees and stuff. So yeah, for us, it's a lot of, um, kind of works parties up to December. So imagine we anticipate good amounts of drinking going on to be honest and that's i think everybody needs the corporates especially all these companies needed at the moment they're not mm-hmm. seeing their colleagues they're having to work from home they're you know it, it swings and roundabouts with what we speak to people are some people are really really enjoying and loving the home environment but they're still not getting that connection with people they're still mm-hmm. missing out on that and Christmas parties, you know, that's where a lot of the hair was let down. The organizations could say, well done for, you know, a tough year that that, that, that they might have had. This year is, is no exception. And if anything, it's going to be harder. And finding mm-hmm. ways like this where these companies can let down their hair, still have a bit of fun, um, get some alcohol involved and, and yeah. really enjoy themselves, I think is, yeah, is a real must at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, how... So obviously you made the change and you mentioned that it's been working really, really well. How kind of talk to me a bit more about that, just so I can just polish off some more of this, some more of this gin. Um, kind of, you, you mentioned you made the change. Obviously you kind of were, were very much forced into it really, but you did make the change and you said it's going really, really well. Tell us a bit more about, are you finding more time? Are you being able to get more in than you normally would have done? Um, i.e. obviously travel would have probably been a huge amount of, take up before with with probably doing one event a day are you able to do more of that how's how's that kind of been so yeah we we were doing all of it it's always just been me and emma and then we had casual staff over the summer when we're busy on the bars and people supporting us with events um it got to a bit of a tipping point where we were doing all of the tastings and all of the running of the business ourselves inquiries were ramping up whilst bookings were also ramping up and we got to a point where actually we just couldn't do it anymore, all of us, all on our own. So we had to release the child a little bit. And um, we've now actually got a team of eight hosts as well as us. Um, so we have eight fantastic people, all, of course, gin lovers, although they're in, on strict instructions to not drink during the sessions, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they host for us. We do a few of we do a few bookings as well, and then we also have some assistants just managing all of our inboxes and everything that goes on behind the scenes of running a business. It's turned into a little bit of a beast, and and quite honestly, it's a completely different business model to what we were doing this time last year. So it's been a steep learning curve for us. We've both got young families as well, young children. So um, trying to juggle all of that whilst also remaining really grateful to be really busy. Um, yeah, it's amazing, really. I mean, um, we had a Zoom call with our eight hosts the other day, and Emma was emotional. Wow. <laughs> I think I was a bit tired, to be honest with you, but it's, I'm easily tipped over at the moment. But I just thought we've come so far from, like, in March, thinking we've got nothing all year, like our whole business has been wiped out. And I think we'll probably end the year, and it, I think it is odds on and it'll be our best year ever like we will have turned over the most money we've ever made and we've got eight people working for us hosting sessions and I just thought we you know you get so busy just delivering don't you You're like oh my god it's all coming in head down go 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 and then sometimes you just take five minutes and you think well this is really great we should be really pleased with what we've managed to 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 deliver here and um yeah but you just get so like but like Nicola said it's it's all new challenges it's new ways of working all the like logistics of the parcels and the stuff 
stock and all that was that's a completely different model to the way that we worked before but but yeah it's been been really great Maybe. I'm just looking forward to a, quick, a little sit down at Christmas, to be honest. A little lie down. <laughs> little lie down at Christmas. <laughs> would you have ever? Would you have ever seen like where you are now? Obviously, you made that jump. You made that decision. Would you? Would you have seen yourself where you are now if you had continued with the old model? That's oh, a very no. good question. Yeah. Mm. As you mean, as as if like COVID hadn't happened. Yeah. So if yeah. you continued almost in that probably the way your business was going you were kind of very comfortable you were going and doing your events covid happened you made the change now you've obviously you've got as you said eight men's business staff who are doing these tasting sessions who are coming in and doing it and taking those for you would you be and, and you mentioned you know it's one of your most successful years would that have happened if covid hadn't come in if you hadn't have been forced to make this change question isn't it i think actually um it has been like a really positive experience for us and I know that sounds sounds like a really awful thing to say because it has been such a horrific year but it has kind of like you say forced us to adapt and I think we've completely changed our mindset haven't we as to how we want to like we always wanted to grow our business but I think it's made us like change the way that we see it almost like I don't know if we I think we were almost a little bit limited by our own kind of perceptions of how big we could become. Whereas this has kind of really shaken us up and, and we kind of thought, hold on a minute, we really can build something and grow this in different ways that we didn't even think we would. And I think we were perhaps would have been a little bit, we would have almost potentially limited ourselves and kind of sticking with what we were doing. So I think this probably has made us will and will have longer term um, impacts in the way that we then grow our business and how we develop next year and, and beyond I think don't you think Nicola agreed yeah I don't I mean I don't want to make his head any bigger than it already is but our um business coach is well, I will name as Kevin Riley from Action Coach because he gets furious if we don't name drop him <laughs> he actually just having someone else we wouldn't have had a business coach if COVID hadn't <laughs> happened and actually I think it's been a godsend for us to have someone external to the business um, helping us to think bigger and understand how we can achieve those, you know, those goals um, has been has been fantastic for us. You just need someone objective outside of the business sometimes. It's not even telling us anything we don't know. It's just um, helping us to think differently, if that makes sense. Yep. You can get so kind of in your own view, you can carry on doing what you're doing. When the work's when the work's at a level where you're busy as well, you don't have that time to take a step back and think, what should we actually be doing? You're managing, especially B2B companies are very much along these lines where they're struggling to see the wood from the trees. They're constantly mm. battling things off their desk and not thinking, should we be even doing this? Should we be going in this direction? Mm. And it sometimes does take something as, you know, we're not taking anything away from how horrific this year has been with what's come in, but it, but it's given a lot of companies this time to step back and think, should we make a change? Do we have to make a change and what should happen within our company? And, you know, it, it, it sometimes does take something like that for people to take that step back and, and realize mm -hmm. it. Um, and also, as you said, having external people who can, who can talk to you, who can see what's going on when you kind of know it, but you haven't really got time to think about it and you just park it and you just carry on and it'll yeah. all be fine. Um, and somebody just comes in and goes, no, do you know what? Stop, take a thing, take a breather, um, have some gin 
and uh, and, and really reevaluate if this is the way you want to go and where do you want to go and what do you want to happen? And I think especially, you know, you guys, as you said, have got young families. The pressures are huge when that happens. You don't want to fail. You don't want to make these changes that you think could impact something that's going well um, because it's impacting your family directly. And these, you know, small businesses like ours, like yours, any changes that you make will dramatically impact your family. And that's a big, big thing to to kind of consider um, and to and to think about and to really make that change is, is sometimes really, really hard. So what what does the future hold? What's the future hold for the little gin and rum company? Well, this is a good question. Um, well, I think for sure we will we will not be um, saying goodbye to our virtual um, virtual um, experiences because I think it's going to be something that we will continue to offer um, for as long as people want to do it. And I think it's uh, like you say this this year has been so uh, revolutionary in the way that people are working and connecting. I think we'll continue to offer it, and it will be. A, a branch of our business from now on in because there's going to be so many companies that now probably don't have fixed premises or people aren't in all the time even. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely continue to keep our virtual um, offerings as part of the kind of bigger portfolio. Um, but yeah, we're really excited hopefully next year to actually get back out there running um, and delivering events in real life. So all these people that we've had the pleasure of meeting virtually, it would be fantastic if we can go and do some face-to-face events with them, get back out there and um, and it feels like, you know, touch wood when things do pick back up again, hopefully fairly soon. Um, there's going to be so many opportunities and missed celebrations and occasions. So, yeah, we'll, we'd love to be back doing virtual elements, but also weddings and festivals and parties and just getting the trailers out there again. And, and yeah, getting lots more people drinking again. <laughs> Amazing. Right. Before I I've got two more questions. Before I do, I want something for me to um, enjoy the rest of my night with. So I have got two more gins. Um, which one should we do? As it's as it's winter, I think you need to go. Oh, actually, big question. So you like ginger ale? You yes, said you like really love okay. a bit of ginger ale. Great. Yeah. Okay. So we have a, a gin in our lineup called Old Tom Gin, which is again is a style of gin. It, um, it basically has a slight added sweetness to it. So not in the way that a flavoured gin does, but just enough to take the edge off the dry juniper. It makes it have a more warming, spicier profile. So I would say, whereas the elderflower gin in our lineup is very summery, this old Tom is a lot more wintry. We pair it with the ginger ale. It becomes a ginger Tom. And we always love to serve something on the bar that isn't paired with tonic, because like you were saying earlier, there's many, many people that do not like tonic and it's bitter tastes so ginger is a fantastic alternative and works really well with the right gins let's see what you think of this one this one right nice i've one. popped the uh the old tom in let me have um right. do a little quick neat test yeah because it is slightly sweeter um it makes it mellower on the mm. on the palate so it is probably the easiest to drink neat on the whole um, although if you're not into your spices, sometimes those can feel a little bit zingier on the tongue. I think um, it from the, uh, the, <laughs> you can tell I've had a few, the, um, the London dry, it's yeah. similar to that, but almost takes that edge off. It's almost just slightly 
warmer would that be right exactly it's, it's kind of yeah and, it, exactly and it's that. just easier I would be much happier drinking that neat than the London dry yes um, that's exactly right whether I yeah. would drink it neat <laughs> yeah not many people are going into a bar and ordering a, a sipping gin but it's interesting when you try them neat that you realize they are they are a lot more refined than you expect and actually you know it's not it's not an awful experience to have a few sips of your gin neat right I'm now I put the uh, the ginger ale. Ginger ale is probably one of my favourites. Um, yeah. It was probably the one thing that I felt that I was able to drink when I was underage. Uh, <laughs> you felt that you were getting away with something. Yes, uh, we love ginger ale. Any kind of ginger mixer, as, as rum lovers as well, it's a great dark spirit mixer. But um, it does mm. also work really well with gin and and nice with a big squeeze of lime in there. If you happen to have any um, citrus fruit kicking around at the back of the fridge, you can squeeze some lime into your gin and ginger that helps to cut through some of the sweetness that the ginger brings but we love this as a drink oh that is lovely yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh <laughs> that's going to keep me going for the rest of the night lovely <laughs> so um firstly before i ask the last question which is kind of a final kind of wrap up um where can people come and buy your gins um check out some of your your rums that we haven't really mentioned today but obviously you've got you've got some uh, uh rums as well um where can they find that where can they maybe book a tasting session that i'm guessing they're looking at next year now if they really <laughs> want to kind of get involved but that's fine we don't do our christmas parties till january anyway usually because it's cheaper um mm-hmm. yeah. not that it matters with virtual but anyway where can they go and sort all this out with you guys it's a very good question. Um, they can find us on our website, so thelittlegincompany.com. Um, we are also on all the social medias, uh, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, but yeah, on our um, website, we do have an online shop, so all of our gins are available to purchase on the shop, as well as the tasting kits that you have tasting kit that you've uh, sampled is also an item on our shop uh, and yeah there's um contact forms or just email address you can drop drop us an email and kind of get in touch and uh, we're always really happy to kind of discuss through your event your requirements put something bespoke together for you and kind of tailor a package to suit um suit the occasion and like you say december is quite full one or two little slots left but yeah we're absolutely offering this into 2021 um and you never know maybe some good deals to be had in january as well oh keep your eyes open <laughs> uh, i will certainly at the moment um right final final kind of summary um because i'm gonna just go to pot if this carries on any any longer <laughs> at the moment i'm still doing very well holding this yeah. together. <laughs> If you have to give somebody some some words of wisdom, you know, they might be thinking about making the change, they're, they're maybe holding off, they're not quite sure, and they're sitting on their hands and just hoping things will get better. Obviously, you're a, a fantastic kind of case study of why you should jump into these things. But what would your kind of, what would your summary be to people who is, to anybody who is sat on the fence? I think if it means that you haven't got anything to lose by trying, you should wholeheartedly throw yourself into something. We're quite fortunate in that we're a mobile business, so we didn't have any premises that suddenly had to be shut and we were having to worry about paying rent or whatever on that premises. We we, we really didn't have anything to lose by trying to change and just giving it our all. Um, I definitely think speaking to as many external people, whether it's a business coach or just joining networking groups and talking to other companies that have made changes or just getting ideas from anywhere that you can. 
just got to go for it, haven't you? I think there's no, there's just, you can't just, you can't just sit back and watch your business fail if you spend the last six years trying to build it up. Mm-hmm. And I think just to ask, just to, just to say, well, that's the way we've always done it is not a good enough excuse to not give something a try. Like that doesn't mean that you can't do something differently. Like you can change it. You definitely can change it. And I think what we've managed to do, I think um, is kind of retain the core of like our passion, what our business was about. So like we said, we love gin, we love rum. So our business is still very much um, centered around that, but just delivered in a very different way. Perfect. And I, yeah, I completely agree. I think companies that, that don't change, that can't see a change, that think they should be doing it because that's how they've always done it, um, always will struggle at some point. Um, and being able to take that step back, being able to make, um, make that change and understand when to make that change is, is kind of key. So yeah, I completely agree. That's brilliant. Guys, I am going to disappear. I'm going to curl up now on the sofa, put something nice on for the evening and enjoy the rest of the gins that I've got here. Um, Thanks so much for coming on and spending your Saturday evening with me. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Are you sharing your gin with Laura? Uh, No. (laughs) No sharing. Well, I have got one left. I do have, so I have the, the elderflower gin. So yeah, so I will, I will pour her, I will pour her that, which I'm guessing... I'm guessing is is paired with the English garden then. That's the one I've got Correct. left. Correct. Very good. Yes. I will do that. I will make her a gin and uh, we will we will curl up and watch watch something nice on the telly for the Saturday. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks. It's been great talking to you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>